Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Speak Plainly podcast, where we speak plainly about things that matter. I'm your host, Owl Medicine, and today's topic is all about gratitude. My first introduction to gratitude really as a practice was in Chinese medicine school. One of the marvelous people that I met in TCM school did 365 days of gratitude. And I thought that was really, really cool. I mean, I didn't even do the gratitude practice, but I loved every day when I logged on to Facebook seeing her posts. I thought it was just marvelous. I thought it was super cute. And I was like, that's a great idea. I didn't do it. But I thought it was great. I thought that was super cute. So eventually I did start to develop a gratitude practice once I found out why. So in this podcast, we talk about things that matter. Why does gratitude matter? Gratitude is scientifically considered a pro-social behavior because it draws you toward things instead of pausing or pushing you away from things. Now, there are lots of benefits to a gratitude practice. Clearly, it like puts you in a good mood when you're when you're being grateful and that sort of thing, but you can kind of break it down into psychological, social, and physical benefits. Like the physical benefits, there's quite a bit of science now around gratitude practices, and they have incredible results. The physical benefits, you get a stronger immune system, you're less bothered by aches and pains, it lowers blood pressure, and it, inc- it actually encourages people. People who do gratitude practices naturally work out more, they exercise more, and they sleep longer and feel more refreshed upon waking. When it comes to the immune system and lowering blood pressure, gratitude practices, if done right, are actually on par with HIT, which is high intensity interval training, which it's exactly as awful as it sounds. Trust me. And in the military, we did plenty of HIT, especially in the honor guard, and it was miserable. They just made you run until you puked, and that was the only time that you could stop. So... But it's incredible for increasing your VO2 capacity, lowering blood pressure, like I said, and lots of lots of other things. Now, the psychological benefits, you get higher levels of positive emotions when you have a gratitude practice. You are more alert, more alive, more awake. People report feelings of more joy and more pleasure, more optimism and happiness in their lives. And that's something that we could all use quite a bit of in... COVID, because God, God, COVID sucks. So the social aspects are, it makes us more helpful. It makes us more generous and more compassionate towards others. We also become more forgiving and more outgoing. That's that pro-social behavior I was talking about, being more outgoing. And that makes people feel less lonely and less isolated. So there's lots and lots of reasons to establish a gratitude practice. Um, I can list off all that stuff and 
that might mean something to you, but it probably doesn't. You're probably not going to be interested in a gratitude practice until you meet someone who has done a gratitude practice and report the changes of their life to you because it really is profound. Like listing off the the benefits, yeah, it's great, but it's not until there is a narrative that it becomes really important. And that's awesome and ironic because we'll be talking about how important narrative is in your gratitude practice, actually. So I love my gratitude practice. I've talked about it quite a few times in this podcast. It has saved my butt. I love starting my day and I do mine in the morning. Some people enjoy doing theirs in the evening and there really is no wrong time to do a gratitude practice. I can't think of any real reason not to do it at a certain time of day. I like doing it in the morning because it sets me on a good it sets me on a good wavelength for the rest of the day, but there's no reason not to do it any other time too. So when you're developing your gratitude practice and you go online and you search for like what to do with your gratitude practice, they say like every day or every couple of days, sit down and write out the things that you're grateful for, right? three to five to 10 things and make a list of all the stuff that you're grateful for. And then think about the things that you're those things that you've written down and try to feel your way into that. And that's great. That, that works to some degree. That's kind of how I started writing, like doing mine. But I noticed that over time, my gratitude journal was, it, pretty quickly actually went from like kind of a bullet list thing to a regular journal entry. Like I was talking and saying like, oh, I'm really grateful for these things because of this. And I'm really grateful for that because I've been having a hard time with this and I feel so much better now. And those practices or the practice of adding a narrative to each what would be bullet point has been extremely powerful. On the days that I have written a more narrative style entry for my gratitude practice, I have a stronger reaction to it. I feel more peace, more easily, more readily. Um, And that makes sense because I don't, (laughs) nobody has ever felt deeply during a PowerPoint presentation. And that's, all bullet points. And that's kind of what you're doing to yourself if you decide to sit down and write gratitude practice out and you just make a list of stuff. If you don't have one and you want to start with that, then sure, go right ahead. But let me tell you a few of the key pieces in the current scientific literature about how to create the best gratitude practice. And it's so weird. Like, seriously, it's really, really weird. I love my gratitude practice the way that it is, but I'm going to try this new way and see how it works. I like mine because that narrative, as I write mine, I create a narrative. And that is the first most important piece about your gratitude practice. Bullet lists don't work. They've done lots of studies now and they just don't seem to work. There's something about the narrative. When you create a narrative or a narrative is presented to you, 
it engages the medial prefrontal cortex. And that medial prefrontal cortex then talks down into the deeper parts of the brain to your amygdala and to your brainstem, um, midbrain stuff that is handling your autonomic nervous system and can help to regulate your autonomic nervous system because there is a story involved. They actually did some studies where it turns out if you tell people a story in the same room, all of their heartbeats synchronize. Weirder than that, if you tell people at different places in different times the same story, their heart rates and their heart rhythms will sync up with the telling of that story. Not together, those two people in different times and places, clearly, but their heartbeats will, the heart rhythms will look the same during the story. So there is a very powerful phenomenon at work with narrative. We have used narrative for everything in our species. Before we had written language, we only had narratives, right? And so that narrative piece is absolutely huge and cannot be overemphasized. Another really important piece about your gratitude practice, it turns out that if you stick to one narrative, like if you stick to one gratitude story, it makes it way faster to drop into this gratitude state. So what I mean when I say gratitude state, gratitude is not an event. It is a process. And that process has a very specific set of neurons that it flows through. There is specifically a gratitude network in the brain that gets activated when we experience gratitude. And it turns out that the best practices, the most efficient, at feeling better and getting all of these positive benefits of gratitude isn't even actually writing out your things that you're grateful for or expressing gratitude. The most beneficial way is actually receiving gratitude, which makes perfect sense, obviously, when someone tells you that they appreciate you and they're grateful for you and something that you did. It feels great. It feels lovely. It feels wonderful. Huzzah. But there's a little bit more to it than that, because if you stick to one story, that story stays kind of in the forefront of your mind, right? And that gratitude network turns out that this network, this pro-social gratitude network, is in antagonistic relations with antisocial networks in the brain. They don't just exist in a vacuum, the prosocial and the antisocial networks. When the antisocial network is active, it dampens the prosocial gratitude network. And when the prosocial gratitude network is activated, it dampens the antisocial. So if we Stick to one story where we received gratitude. You remember one time that you received gratitude 
and it meant a lot to you, like a lot, a lot. Um, And if you can't think of a time where you experienced gratitude in that way, someone was very grateful and expressed that to you and it and it was a you had a somatic experience. A somatic experience just means that you felt it in your body, that there was a physiological reaction. If you had a some if you haven't had a somatic experience like that from someone being really grateful for you or you can't think of one, then it like what they did in these studies was they actually looked at they watched videos of genocide survivors and they listened to the stories of these genocide survivors and they listened to how awful it was beforehand and how awful it was during and then they talked about the help that they received and listening to these stories and really putting ourselves in that person's shoes gives us the somatic experience that positive somatic experience with that gratitude network active so we release a little bit more dopamine and we release a little bit more serotonin that network is active enough that it only takes one to two minutes maximum was five minutes they had these incredible results as as profound as high intensity interval training they had these really profound results from 60 to 120 seconds everyone on the planet has 60 to 120 seconds that they can spare 3 days a week you know there there wasn't a definitive like this is how many days a week that you have to do this but it does have to be a regular practice multiple times a week and it only takes a minute to two minutes, but there is a there is a there's a setup to this, and the setup is to either think of that experience where someone expressed gratitude deeply to you and it had a profound effect on you, or to watch on YouTube or whatever another situation where someone else expressed gratitude and they were deeply grateful for something. Um, like Holocaust survivors or genocide survivors, and they talk about the help that they received and the gratitude that they had during that help. And then write that story down. Write down, write it out in great detail if you're that type of person, um, but really dig into the details the first time. When you're setting up this gratitude practice, this is what I'm going to be doing just to mix things up with my gratitude practice because reality for me is some days it works better than others. Um, And I think that's just, that's always going to be the case, but why not maximize my efforts with whatever the current research says? So I'm going to try. I'm going to dig into this and I like to write out all of the details because it really brings things up. I try to come up with more details than I can remember at first to really put myself in that time and space and feel what I need to feel. Then I'm going to create a little shortcut. I'm going to create a little few bullet points of like the before, the during, the help, and the after. And those little bullet points basically act as little reminders because setting it all up and digging into that, opening ourselves up to this deep 
gratitude by thinking deeply into the details of someone else or our own personal stories of gratitude lights up this system in the brain, this pro-social network of neurons in the brain. And those bullet points will help us to drop in to that set of neurons. So to the activity of that set of neurons. The first time I set this all up, I'm going to spend probably 30, 40 minutes thinking of the story and choosing a story that really, really works for me that I feel profound when I listen, when I think of it. And then I'll write it all out because that's what I like to do. And then I'm going to make this little list, this little short bullet list. And that list is going to act as a shortcut for me, a shortcut into the memory and into the neurological system that is gratitude. So when I create that list of those bullet points, those bullet points are just acting as a reminder to drop me into that state of gratitude. And it carries you down like the river. This all sounds really kind of weird, honestly. After having a gratitude practice for like a couple of years now, I I like my my journal entries. Um, I did learn that the bullet points don't really work very well for me. But if I turn the bullet points into a narrative and I just start listing things that I am genuinely really grateful for, then that works if I add a narrative with it. So to touch on the key pieces again, so you can do what you need to do to make the most beneficial gratitude practice for you is stick to one memory or one story, one story of gratitude. It can be yours. It can be somebody else's. It doesn't matter. Find a story that has real impact for you and stick to it. Two, that story has to be remembered as a narrative. It has to be expressed as a narrative. It needs to include the before, the struggle, the help, and the gratitude. Number three, it has to be regular. It has to be multiple times a week. You can't just do it once. So the way I have been doing it is I was doing... It started kind of bullet pointy, like I said, but I really write just things. I don't stick to one story. I usually like I just come up with things. I look around the room and I think of things and I see things that I'm grateful for and I write out what I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for it. And that little bit of narrative helps me. Maybe you want to do that. But the current scientific literature says to try this and I'm going to try it. So find a story Stick to that story. Create little short bullet points or something just as little keys to unlock that neurological system of gratitude so you can drop into that state of gratitude because there is a physiological state that goes along with gratitude and that physiological state is what fosters all of those benefits that I listed early on. And that's it. That's all you really got to do. Do your gratitude practice, 
pick a story, stick to that story. The first time you set it up, really dig into it. Spend 30 minutes or an hour, like, really emoting about this. Feeling your feelings. Feeling their feelings. Whoever story you may choose to go with. Then create those bullet points so you can drop in to that gratitude state. And supposedly, you and I will both be able to drop into that beautiful serotonergic state of gratitude in less than 120 seconds, which is really cool. So I'm going to give it a try. I hope that you do too. Thanks for sticking around. Again, I'm Owl Medicine, and this is the Speak Plainly podcast. Stay blessed and stay uncomfortable. Stay uncomfortable.